Hey, it's Isaac here. As you have likely heard, the SPD, Greens, and FDP announced their coalition agreement yesterday. This will be the first time that a traffic light coalition, or Ampel Koalition, will be formed at the federal level in Germany. Unsurprisingly, SPD leader Olaf Scholz is expected to be elected chancellor at the beginning of December, while FDP leader Christian Lindner will finally win his long-sought-after prize, the finance ministry, which is often considered the second most powerful position in cabinet after chancellor, but which Lindner has been granted despite the fact that his party is the smallest in the coalition. Green co-leaders Robert Habeck and Annalena Baerbock will head the Economics and Climate Protection Ministry and Foreign Affairs Ministry, respectively. Now, to celebrate Lindner's ascension to finance minister, we are re-releasing our first Patreon premium episode onto our main feed, in which Ted and Michelle walk us through Lindner's rise to prominence. And if you would like to learn more about what a Lindner-led finance ministry might look like, God help us all, we would also encourage you to go back and listen to our October 31st episode, if you haven't already. That's the episode where Ted interviews Dominic Leusder of the London School of Economics and the economic policy think tank Dezernat Zukunft. And the Traffic Light Coalition Agreement also announced plans to repeal Section 219A of the Criminal Code, which prohibits doctors from advertising abortion services. Now, to learn more about what that means and other ways that abortion remains criminalized in Germany, go back and listen to our most recent episode, again, if you haven't already. That's the one in which Michelle interviews Kate Cahoon of the Bundes für Sexuelle Selbstbestimmung and Stephanie Schlitt of Pro Familia. Finally, you can listen to all of our premium episodes as soon as they're released, twice per month, by subscribing to us on Patreon if you're able to do so. Rumor has it that there are also fun perks like stickers and tote bags. All right, now on to Ted and Michelle. Der deutsche Spargelkult müsse enden. Germany's beleaguered defense minister has temporarily dropped his PhD Hi, it's Michelle. Hey, this is Ted. Welcome back to Spaßbremse. And we would like to start with a big thank you to our Patreon subscribers, especially the 11 of you who have joined the Patreon as of recording time without any inducements whatsoever. So thank you. The rest of you who joined to listen to this uh, premium content are also cool and generous and nice. So thank you to you as well. We have a great topic to inaugurate the premium feed. One of the most dynamic politicians in all of Germany, Christian Lindner. That's right. The, uh, the heartthrob of wealthy 55-year-old women from the Rhine to the Oda and uh, <laughs> of, of tech bros as well. So awesome dude. <laughs> That's a, quite the Venn diagram, right? Like, <laughs> Hell, it's um, about 11% of the population apparently. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big overlap. Yeah, we're talking about Christian. And I think we should start with a little biography, right, Ted? Well, yeah, just just generally. I mean, obviously, what's his job? He's the head of the FDP, the Free Democratic Party. Uh, basically, the 
very like neoliberal pro-business party in Germany who has a bit of tinges of some far right stuff going on from time to time, but they try to sell themselves as like classical liberals. And he's also the potential future finance minister of Germany. So that could have big ramifications um, for for Europe and for Germany. And so, you know, just how did he get here? How did how did uh, how did old Christian get into his position? Well, he really kind of comes into his own politically after the disastrous 2013 elections for the FTP, where they actually dropped out of parliament for the first time in the post-war era since 1949. And you know, to his credit, he's done a pretty good job of resuscitating the party. Um, Post-2017, he was in negotiations with the CDU and the Greens to form a Jamaica coalition, kind of stormed out, uh, which was pretty controversial at the time and resulted in another grand coalition, which is what we're on the tail end of now. But his party did fairly well in this election, like I said, with about 11%. And now it's actually polling better than it ever has should say that this is probably a lot of disaffected CDU voters who just want another party that's also kind of has similar economic goals as them. But still, you know, he's uh, he's doing well. So we need to talk about him. And because Christian is such a leader in trying to digitalize Germany, as the FDP says in, in just about all of their advertisements, um, there's no better place to start than Christian's own personal website, christian-lindner.de slash biographie. <laughs> so this is a bit ironic because the website looks like absolute shit. We'll link to it. <laughs> it has a little CL as like the, the icon that you see on the tab um, in like FDP font. Um, and just a series of pictures with like kind of highlights from his life. And the font below it describing them and and that stage of his life is just in Calibri font, like the default thing when you open a Word document, like couldn't just couldn't be bothered to like change it to anything nice. So so yeah, the whole thing is giving very default website vibes. Yeah, like this, this would have taken about like 45 minutes to put together zero effort. No, no vision, really. So you know, maybe maybe there's some metaphors in there. But um, we'll, we'll, uh, We'll just read the translations of this because, of course, it's in German. But um, the first picture is little blonde Christian on a computer. He says he's born in 1979 in Wuppertal, but he spent most of his life in Wamselkirchen. These are in North Rhine-Westphalia. Um, I w- was like kind of hoping Wamselkirchen would be like one of those really grim, bleak towns in NRV, but like it actually is really pretty with like a lot of nice hiking. So that, that kind of annoyed me. But... Um, yeah, he, he even comments on this. As you can see, I was a believer in technology and progress from a young age as he's like a little, I don't know, seven-year-old kid or something on the computer. Moving on to number two, discuss passionately. Uh, he talks about being a student, uh, leader in high school, but he was so passionate about discussion. It was not always to the liking of his teachers. So he's already starting this like, He's a, he's a rebel. He's a conservative, but he's a rebel. These are like the most annoying people, right? Who are like, I just love debate. And I love, I love the free exchange of ideas. And like, if they're already talking that way in high school, yeah, I'm. It's not a good it's, sign. It's, it's, he's not a cool guy. Like, it's not gonna be cool. <laughs> um, next one, free Democrat. I think this picture shows him and some other FDP people, I think, but it looks like they're like <laughs> running a 5k and polo shirts because they all have racing numbers. 
and Christian is an absolute twig. He's a he's a little boy. Uh, he he's he's real skinny. Um, he started in the local um, the local FTP, but he makes it sound you know like well you know I wanted to follow my political interests with commitment. So he read the party programs and looked at them and like shopped around and like you know he was a he was a, a rational actor in the marketplace of political ideas and chose the best <laughs> party, the FTP. So off off he goes begins his trajectory the next one is hilarious uh because it says that the header of it is elf eigen and beinenstein like uh stand up stand up on your own legs we like stand up on your own two feet and so he says he wants to own his car and apartment as soon as possible so he registered like a business and then he made a small advertising agency um immortalized in a 1997 video which we'll link to where they like profile him and he's like the money baller in high school like trying to sell ads and like it some stuff Ich bin Christian Lindner und wir besuchen beide gemeinsam die Jahrgangsstufe 13 des städtischen Gymnasiums in Wermelskirchen. Seit ich 14 bin, ist die FDP meine politische Heimat. Christian und Christopher sind echte Durchstarter und immer voll im Stress. In der geliehenen Limousine wird gearbeitet, der Kunde wartet schon. The, it went to shit. It didn't work at all. But, you know, it, it didn't end up working, but he said, I'm proud to this day that I gained independence at an early age. So again, like playing to all these like conservative tropes right i think nick told me this that they like rented out the high school in order to film that oh christian himself and his business partner had to auch ihre mitschüler haben die beiden fest im griff für den fernsehdreh mieten sie kurzerhand ein schulzimmer und platzieren ihre klassenkameraden als statisten im bild in ihrer eigenen schule ist drehverbot Wenn Schüler sehr aktiv sind, wenn sie leistungsbereit sind, sehr motiviert sind, wenn sie auch mal mit Krawatte in die Schule gehen müssen, dann hat das Auswirkungen auf ein pädagogisches Klima, meint man. I bet they rented out the BM, uh, the Mercedes Benz in that ad too. Like the whole, the whole thing's cheesy. It's hilarious. It's it's worth watching yeah. even if you don't um, understand German. It's just very funny. So you know he uh, he fails at business, and then what do you do? Go into politics, right? That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> the champion of the free market who can't run an own business and then needs to get his salary paid for by the state. Nice one. Um, politics was just a hobby at first, but a special one. And then wait, this picture. Say the picture first. Well, yeah, yeah. The picture. The picture so is hilarious. Funny. Like another dog whistle here. It's him holding a banana. Which Michelle, could you explain the significance of bananas in West Germany? Right. So the banana is a symbol of freedom due to the fact that in East Germany they were less widely available and it was quite the special treat if you had like imported exotic fruits, not something that was grown in Germany or in the surrounding um, Eastern Bloc states. And the banana as a symbol has kind of been like immortalized in a lot of art about like the fall of the wall, kind of to the point where it seems a little ridiculous as if people like as if people were just wanting bananas so badly that they uh Yeah, they would like flaunt <laughs> they voted them, for right? the CDU. Like be like, Ah, oh, <laughs> like, we have these and you don't and so yeah. Yeah. It, it's like yeah, it's like a cold warrior, like capitalist kind of dog whistle for these people. Like it's it's very funny that he did that. Um and then yeah, he was elected to the state party in nineteen ninety eight, he says. Um, I was elected, surprisingly uh, for me. So, you know, good good for him. 
Next step, learn from crises. In the middle of 2000, he founded his second company with two friends, um, someone, another partner, they found some VC investors. Everything turned out differently than we had planned. The stock market bubble <laughs> burst before we even really started. At the end of 2001, our company filed for bankruptcy. Um, oh, sorry to hear that, Christian. So he's 0 for 2 on the business front. Um, yeah, tough, tough break, you know. But he says, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged to take risks and like be bold. But it's like, well, if you're now a politician and you're encouraged to take risks and be bold um, and you completely fail, that uh, has a little bigger consequences than your little pet company failing no no just as they were about to start doing a cool new thing then something got in their way but like they were just about to start it it was just about to happen it was gonna be awesome man it wasn't we (laughs) weren't riding on a bubble or anything like (laughs) yeah so he famously didn't join the bundeswehr right away when it was still mandatory and he kind of like talks about this a bit like after graduating from high school i did community service in an educational institution although i wanted to join the bundeswehr um, I couldn't have continued my company otherwise. So he's like trying to play to the conservatives that like like the army, but then like dodge it. And then later he joined. Um, so I think he got up to like a, a captain. Um, in, I don't know. Wow. I don't know how difficult it is to rise up in the Bundeswehr. Um, I can't imagine it's too competitive. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. Uh, he moves on. He studied political science and constitutional law in Bonn and still trying to do politics at the same time. But he says, you know, I didn't I didn't get that much out of it because like he's too independent of a thinker, although he, he likes a couple of his professors um, he did start a Ph.D. and didn't finish. So to his credit, he at least admits that he didn't do a Ph.D., um, which, which, which <laughs> yeah. places him above a lot of German politicians. He got in there. He was a spokesperson for children, use and family in the local parliament and then gets into the, the main parliament eventually. And on his 30th birthday, and after almost 10 years in the state parliament, it was clear to me in 2009, I want to bring about a change. So I applied for a seat in the Bundestag with success. He's the secretary general of Guido Westerwelle, the previous head of the FDP. And when he really rises to power, like I said, it was as the FDP had done terribly in 2013. As he says, in September 2013, there was a historic turning point. The FDP left the German Bundestag. The day after the defeat, I declared my candidacy for the party chairmanship. And it says it could not be that the power of freedom is not represented in parliament for a long time. So he's like, oh, no, there's no more freedom left because the FDP is not in parliament. I need to make it have a comeback. And like I said, to his credit, he did. You know, the the caption for his decision not to pursue um, the coalition talks in 2017 is the hard way. And then he says, you know, they kind of rebounded, has a really hilarious selfie of him in the Bundestag. Um, Which, again, you really have to click on this and and go through all the photos. And that's like why you would put that on a politician's website. It's very embarrassing. And this last one. Oh, my God. And then the final one, which might be the best. Enjoy life is the heading. He's in a race car suit uh, next to a car. And it says there was never a lot of space for free time in his life. Um, time with his family and friends is precious. Good food or on vacation together. I think we can say he's, he's probably, an, probably an insulium. I think, uh, I think it's fair to call him that. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's definitely the cursed type of insulium, as Rob on Cornish Beatty was talking about. 
Uh, he plays sports. He loves barbecuing and he likes to talk shop about old cars. So basically sounds like an American dad, I guess. Yeah, uh, that's that's Christian. Um, again, you know, talking about he really loves classic cars, which is, again, one of just feels like maybe he does. But it's also just such a like, like I keep saying, like a dog whistle to the like very right wing people. Um, and speaking of enjoying life and having fun, Christian Lindner was uh, first married in 2011 to a journalist, Dagmar Rosenfeld, uh, who is five years his senior. I think she's 47 now. He's 42. In 2018, they were divorced. And, and then in 2018, he started dating another journalist, Franka Leifeld, um, who I think is 10 years his junior. Um, doesn't matter. It's just kind of funny that he he... He swaps women with a 15-year age gap. So good for him. Um, also funny that they're both journalists, which might have something to do uh, with his rather positive perception in a lot of media outlets. Is is he uh, he makes sure he take he brings his case straight to the source? I guess we can say that. <laughs> and to close this episode, unless you have any more Linder details before we dive into a very hilarious piece. Um, no, I think we should read it. Well, Michelle, do you want to read this one? I, I'll just talk quickly about the photo or the picture at the start of it in this article. And then I think you should take us through. Okay. So this is like the 2018 Politico, like top 28, like movers and shakers in Europe. Christian, like the like the king that he is, top the list, number one, number one in Europe in 2018. So good for him. For some context, number two was Michael Gove of the UK. So a uh, really esteemed audience. And the photo is like Lindner looking kind of stern with like a little like kind of pencil sketch and like light emitting from the back of his head like he's some sort of saint or something with, with number one next to it. And it says Christian Lindner, the radical from Germany. Michelle, take, us, take it away. All right. Confidence has never been an issue for Christian Lindner. Even as an 18-year-old high school senior, the future leader of Germany's Free Democrats radiated bravado, dismissing problems as little more than thorny opportunities. Quote, there are those who wait for change and those who take matters into their own hands. Lindner, who ran a small PR firm in between classes, told a television interviewer back in 1997. Yeah, this is that video we were talking about. Jung, reich und erfolgreich mit einem simplen, angelesenen Rezept. Dante hat so formuliert, der eine wartet, dass die Zeit sich wandelt, der andere packt sie an und handelt. If you watch that video and look at his hair and his vibe, and you talk about radiating bravado, I guess that's one way to describe it, but he looks like an absolute loser. And I love this, like, he takes matters into his own hands by establishing a failing business. <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah. I actually wouldn't be surprised if, like, his PR firm paid the the TV station. Right? Like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe I guess that is being a go-getter. Like, I, th I think he doesn't have super rich parents. I believe his dad was a teacher. So it's like... I mean, maybe he is trying to find the money for these on his own. Maybe he has some rich uncle or something. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how he got the money to start this up. But yeah, I mean, it's very like grim, like late 90s mindset too, that like public television yeah. would be like, oh yeah, high schoolers starting stupid businesses. Like that's the thing to aspire to. <laughs> All right. 20 years later, Lindner, now 38, is clearly... That's great math. I also... 
They're obsessed with age. They're always writing age in these. Lindner, now 38, is clearly not afraid to take the initiative. In November, he brought Germany's three-way coalition talks to a crashing end, putting the country on the path to new elections or a minority government headed by wounded German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Which, this is wrong, the Politico said. Obviously, it put us on path to yet another Groko. Um, but there was a moment where people were like, oh, do we have to have new election? Like, Well, right. And everyone was freaking out because it was like 2017, then into early like 2018. And it was like the downfall of the West and the liberal order. And, you know, Trump was in there and Brexit was happening. And it was like Merkel, the guardian of stability. And like Germany is like going to save the West and the world. And then it was like, oh, no, are they going to have new elections and the populists are going to come to power? So like people were kind of holding their breath and be like, come on, come on, come on. And then like Lindner brought down the the coalition and everyone was like, like freaking out. Um, and like he, he immediately he suffered a bit of an immediate reputation hit, but it didn't last. And Angela Merkel, I guess, didn't really stay wounded considering she polls at like 70 percent. So. Yeah, weird to look back at this moment and how it was written about. Um, but continuing on here. Quote, it's better not to govern than to govern badly, Lindner said. Es ist besser nicht zu regieren als falsch zu regieren. In a carefully calibrated soundbite that encapsulates the philosophy with which he has resurrected his free Democrats, the FDP, from the ashes, transforming the party into the most dynamic force in Germany's moribund political landscape. After being voted out of Parliament in 2013 for the first time since World War II, the FDP roared back in September, grabbing nearly 11% of the vote. Yeah, the most dynamic force um, in Germany that wants to do such dynamic things such as not raise any taxes on rich people and keep the insane debt rules in Germany um, and also let people drive as fast as they want and not take any climate action. Yeah, uh, very dynamic. Good for I him. I hate that word. Yeah, I it's a, it's word. a terrible word. It's, also, have the dynamish. Yeah, it just sounds fucking annoying. Yeah, they're they're just the CDU with like better colors and branding. Like that's what's dynamic about them. There's nothing. It it's not good. And also, it's very funny him taking such a hard line. Then saying it's better not to govern than to govern badly, considering. Now he has to do a coalition with the SPD and Greens. And before he could do one with the CDU and Greens. And so like by swapping out a party, you have very similar views for for one that's like slightly more progressive. Like it makes it harder and it's going to be governing more badly in Christian Lindner's terms than it would have been four years ago. So like this this principled stand and this whole thing, like I think it's basically him kind of regretting being so stubborn then and not being able to end up in a pretty decent position of power. Um, and now they just feel like they need to get in government. So this this whole thing about, you know, better not to govern than to govern badly just like is not really his philosophy at all. It's just opportunism. However German politics unfolds, Lindner is certain to find himself at its center. During the FDP's four years in the wilderness, Lindner has had ample time to study where the party went wrong in its last coalition with the longtime chancellor. His conclusion, the liberals put power before principle, allowing Merkel to back them against a wall on core issues like tax reform. It's a mistake he won't make again. Yeah, the, the, 
the answer yeah the answer <laughs> is just is just doubling down and being tougher which as we have talked about is uh not what he does and not what he's doing although you know he did apparently secure no introduction of a speed limit on the autobahn in the most recent negotiations so you know i guess he's he's delivering for his constituency so good for him yeah that's all that's all they care about that's a win Lindner's decision to walk away allows him to claim to have done the opposite. In the event of another grand coalition between the Chancellor's Christian Democrats and the Social Democrats, or if Merkel is put in charge of a minority government, the liberal leader's one-man band, one-man band and its conservative free market message will be one of the loudest voices in opposition, stockpiling every government misstep as electoral ammunition for the next race. Electoral ammunition, which provided them with a, a skyrocketing plus 0.7 over the previous election. But uh, yeah, you know, good for him. Whatever. Should Germans instead return to the polls, Lindner will have a chance to build on his electoral success, pursuing a strategy similar to Austria's Sebastian Kurz, who is on track to become chancellor after tacking his party hard to the right to engage the country's populists on their own ground. Berlin's chancellery is almost certain to remain out of Lindner's reach, but he'd probably settle for Kingmaker, restoring the FDP's status as an indispensable partner. Yeah, this paragraph reads pretty pretty funnily with like hindsight too for what they were saying in 2018 when people are like, oh yeah, Sebastian Kurz, like, you know, the, the savior of conservatism in Europe and now is like brought down on corruption stuff and his... Um, previous coalition with the far right party like crumbled um, so this whole idea of like meeting the populace on their own terms is like one way to put it by like basically another way to think of that is formerly center right parties becoming hard right parties which like it's not very cool to see politico uh, cheerleading that but what do you expect no that's called building on electoral success yeah it's called uh what was the phrase electoral ammunition by like hating refugees cool and but it's funny also like what they say though about being a kingmaker like that was that was a little more prescient right this stuff about quotes yeah. makes no sense but like they he is the kingmaker now and like restoring the fdp status as an indispensable partner well that's that's what we got the tactic could well backfire many german elites were counting on the three-way coalition Voters might punish the FDP for bringing the talks to an end. Lindner's approval rating has plummeted in recent weeks, with a poll published Friday putting support for him at just 28%. But he bounced back. You know, you, you got a crisis. When I see crisis, I see opportunity. Just like Christian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what we should have done is only responded to this article with like business guy phrases like identifying what he's thinking about by saying like a hundred percent of the startups you don't found go out of business <laughs> yeah why do tomorrow what you <laughs> they're always about time and like time management anyways Lindner is gambling Germans will take his side in the long run. If he's right, his place at the pivot point of German politics could put him in a position to determine, arguably as much as any other politician, the course of the European Union. There you go. I mean, again, I think actually a pretty good prediction from them here. Um, you know, Adam Tooze just penned an 
an op-ed about this in The Guardian arguing, yeah, like he would be completely disastrous for Europe if he was in the finance ministry. And a lot of European leaders are like panicking that he would be so dogmatic about uh, physical policy in the German finance ministry that it would be like an existential threat to the European Union and the European Monetary Union specifically. So yeah, in that sense, they're right, just like not um, in like a good way. But what is his reputation or the party's reputation, rather, in terms of European politics? Like, are they seen that way? There's, like, different strains. Like, there's some Eurosceptic elements there, but, like, not all. Some some are, like, pro-European, but with extremely strict rules about, like, other, you know, um, any kind of joint debt or, Mm. you know, just, like, any sort of more, like, economic solidarity between the countries i guess you could call it and so like this idea you know that came up after the euro crisis that like the dear german savers should be like terrified of bailing out the lazy greeks and so he plays into this sort of like populist rhetoric about that and people would fear that yeah by not by not willing to take on any more debt for germany to produce like a safe asset um, and also totally ruling out any joint european debt and then yeah just any more forms of economic integration and solidarity between European countries that he'd be opposed to could really doom the Eurozone. Um, is it a opinion that a lot of people have expressed? I don't, I don't think he'd like bring the whole thing down necessarily, but yeah, it's a, it's a fear a lot of people have. Okay. Lindner's rapid rise has unnerved capitals across Europe from Paris to Athens. Oh yeah, there, there we go. Okay. They're talking about it. That's good. According to Le Monde, Macron told a confidant before the German election that if the FDP gets into government, quote, I'm dead. This he is a very like right. worst person you know makes a good point kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Macron's all over the map of what he says. Have you seen that like political alignment chart? Yeah, like he's the where... whole political compass, right? Yeah, yeah. he's the entire thing. <laughs> In an interview with Politico before the election, Lidner compared the French president's proposals for pooling Eurozone debt to a Soviet Union-style system in which, at some point, the systematic losers will turn against the European Union and the Euro. Yes, uh, Emmanuel Macron um, trying to cut the French welfare state, famous famous Soviet-style leader. (laughs) Nice. And then we should say, okay, there's a little picture break in the article, and there's Christian looking, uh, looking a little sultry, looking at the camera, uh, undoing his tie, or maybe doing his tie, looking like a menswear ad, yeah, like men's yeah, warehouse. exactly. <laughs> so they they love pictures of him like looking like that, and like, or he's like shirt like sleeves rolled up, like late at night at his desk, like reading a bunch of books with like you know the shirt a little little unbuttoned, no tie in there. I mean, like I'm just like he's like always wearing a suit, but like always on the go and just like working so hard and they like the media really falls for these images and i think like he's portrayed very positively as an individual in spite of his like pretty radical politics and he's he's gets pretty favorable media attention i think it's fair to say and another thing this article pointed out that's correct is calling it a one-man band is like he basically like is the party now to an extent that you don't see with basically any other german party um, it may be like Merkel a bit during her tenure as chancellor, but 
in terms of actually controlling the policies, like she was more a manager of internal divisions and not necessarily a leader of the exact policies. And Lindner, like, really, really is like the only thing the SP, uh, the FDP has, and and really like drives it forward to an extent you don't really see anywhere else. In another life, he really could have had a successful career as like the bounce back after a divorce that just this like shagginess, but he's still pulled together, you know, it's one of these like very typical images of like a businessman, like who knows what he's up to. Yeah. In another life, he could have founded a real estate investment company in 2006 <laughs> and eaten shit right after that. All right. Let's keep reading. If Macron is the engine propelling the European train forward, and Merkel is the driver. Oh, God. I love, let's go. Let's go with the train. Merkel is the <laughs> Luxiera. <laughs> She's, She's on strike lately. <laughs> yeah. Lindner is the passenger with his hand on the emergency brake. <laughs> okay. What passenger is like, I'm about to do it. Like, the note brims are like, yeah, watch he's me. like, the thing screeches to a halt. You get like a 2,000 euro fine for fucking it up. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, yeah. everyone on the train is furious at you for like destroying yeah. their journey that was going kind of okay. <laughs> I guess that maybe they're onto something with this analogy. Whatever form efforts to retool the EU and Eurozone take in the coming years, his fingerprints will be all over the final product. Oof. Yeah. Not great to hear, but probably not wrong. The biggest question about Lindner is how he will use his newfound influence. Whether on refugees or Greece, the pugnacious liberal plotted his own course, often cushioning hardline positions with a more conciliatory message. Uh, we should say the caption to this like little photo break was that Lindner quoted saying, Frau Merkel has made promises she can't keep in regards to refugees right so yeah let's read a bit more about that continuing here he has called for quote all end quote war refugees to be sent back home once it was safe so that's not for really example, a refugee that's uh you can like you can have a short-term stay here and then we'll deport you back like that's not what refugee yeah. policy is for example, while adding that anyone who had acquired the necessary professional qualifications should be encouraged to apply for a normal work visa. Okay, so we'll take some people from Afghanistan, but yeah, like only only if you can code. Otherwise, get fucked. Europe shouldn't grant Greece debt relief, Lindner has argued. It should kick the country out of the Eurozone. But Athens should be allowed to remain in the EU and be given generous subsidies to rebuild the economy. Yeah, I mean, this what? is kind of a foregone, like, or not foregone, like, it, this debate, you know, is basically over now. Greece just actually did insane austerity and they're still in the Eurozone. Um, yeah, he was like one of the hardliners that wanted to wanted to kick them out. Um, that but didn't actually keeping end up Athens, keeping Athens because he like likes the columns or in the... Well, like they'd, they'd like be out of the, like they'd good... be out of the single currency, but not out of the EU. So it would be like you're like oh, demoted, okay. but not like totally. I thought he just like wanted to like have the World Heritage Site like in. Yeah, you can in have Europe, like, like just they can be like you're not you're not actually one of the big boy countries that gets to be in 
the actual EU, but you're like a little like cultural colony where people can go visit and like we preserve the little things, but like you can only have a job in tourism. Yeah. Which is like basically what the case is now. What happened? Yeah. Critics say Lindner's iron fist in a velvet glove. Is that a phrase? It is now. Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful writing here. Uh, Iron Fist in a Velvet Glove brand of liberalism is little more than repackaged populism, ultimately unworkable and corrosive to Germany's political culture. His political adversaries on the left even accuse him of, quote, competing with Alternative für Deutschland, the far-right party that ran a hard campaign against Chancellor Merkel's migration policies and finished third, ahead of the Free Democrats in September's election. Yes. Political adversaries on the left of Christian Lindner. Put one in their column. They are correct. Yep. <laughs> if Lindner's strat- strategy strategy if Lindner's strategy was to present the FDP as a kinder, gentler AfD, something he vigorously denies, it worked. In the months leading up to the election, Lindner traveled up and down Germany, peddling the FDP's traditional message of individual responsibility, personal freedom, and smaller government. He was also tireless in stressing the need for Germany to invest more in digitalization. But it was another issue that resonated with voters, migration. Uh, As always, the right-wing politics, which claims these high-minded ideals of of liberalism and personal responsibility. But what gets them the vote? Anti-migrant sentiment. Same as it always is. Lindner was among the first to sense a shift in the public's mood on the refugee crisis in the fall of 2015 and quickly seized the moment. He called Merkel's handling of the crisis chaotic, emerging as one of her harshest critics. Das Problem der letzten zwei Jahre ist, dass es keine Kontrolle gegeben hat. Und deshalb sind die Zahlen so hoch, weil auch nicht alle, die hier sind, Flüchtlinge sind sondern viele halten sich auch illegal in Deutschland auf und haben keinen äh, regulären Aufenthaltsstatus zu erwarten. Also was tun? Äh, Quote, erst- by telling anyone looking for a new life that they can find it in Germany, Frau Merkel has made promises she can't keep, he said. The message hit a nerve, especially among conservatives in Merkel's own party, who felt she had gone too far. So he's basically just, in this election, the FDP served as... The AFD for people who think they're smart and not like the sort of like hooting, hollering racists in the East. Like they're like, yeah, they're they're just the high class AFD. Yeah. Lindner was hardly alone in criticizing Merkel, but his prominence on an issue that has come to define her tenure does raise questions about how well the pair would work together. Should they in some way have to govern together? Oh, well, (laughs) won't have to worry about that. Even without that history, Lindner personifies the kind of politician Merkel has always had difficulty getting along with. Flashy, outspoken, and vain. <laughs> yeah, ugly Merkel <laughs> doesn't have to care. Doesn't have to get along she with. She doesn't like the fancy boys. <laughs> Oof. In contrast to Merkel, who takes hiking vacations in the okay. Oh, this Come is on. so. This is such Come an annoying on. sentence. <laughs> Get through it in one take. It's going to be difficult. Let me take a big, deep breath and try again. In contrast to Merkel, who takes hiking vacations in the Alps and spends weekends at her dacha outside Berlin making potatoes. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> There's... Is that like sourced? Is that a fact? <laughs> Did she? <laughs> what, what I want to know is when do we get the miracle potato soup recipe? Okay, everyone's <laughs> everyone's saying like, what's she gonna do after there? Like, she doesn't seem like the type to go down the Gerhard Schroeder route and like just lobby for gas interests in russia like it, does, it doesn't seem like she's gonna do something that slimy but like she could totally be like like miracle's kitchen and like sell like make a restaurant chain of it like people would go nuts for this stuff like cooking cooking mutti's potato soup at <laughs> home oh my god this is it this is what she's gonna do yeah i was like wondering about this the other day and then i thought she might just actually disappear but you're right i think that would be the far funnier option is that she becomes like an influencer has a cooking cookbook. show can we get her a cooking show yeah. on air oh that's the... Jesus. okay right in contrast to merkel blah 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 all the things merkel likes to do lindner prefers the beaches of Ibiza. he's an island boy yes <laughs> Ah, uh, we called it. Wow, nice. To relax, he likes to cruise around in his vintage Porsche. What a chill dude. Really cool guy. Merkel's personal views notwithstanding, even she can't help but respect Lindner's political accomplishments. He joined the FDP as a teenager and won a seat in the regional parliament in his home state of North Rhine-Westphalia at just 21. They really love, like, the just young politicians it's like already success to just be elected you don't have to do anything after that yeah you just have to hold an office at an age and then you're like inherently good somehow his youth in a party dominated by old men earned him the nickname bambi nice great we should bring that back yeah (laughs) he did kind of look like it with like the ears yeah yeah those old photos he looks he looks completely like a deer in the headlights like yeah yeah that's that's actually a good name in the decade that followed he became a central figure in the fdp's top ranks while keeping a safe distance from the missteps that led to the fdp's collapse as merkel's junior coalition partner from 2009 to 2013 the party had tried to be all things to all people it failed to make good on a campaign promise to cut taxes Infighting led to a series of leadership resignations. When Lindner took the reins of the FDP in 2013, the party had been left for dead. Many believed its time had simply passed. A pro-American, pro-business liberal party was a hard sell in an already crowded political field. Lindner was convinced the opposite was true. Instead of abandoning the FDP's core message, he doubled down. But that's the thing, too, is like, this is not... Like this use of like liberal is like true in the economic sense of like, you know, this sort of supposedly free market, but like, like a more like a true like libertarian perspective is like people, a lot of them are a lot more pro immigrant. Like they see that in a very instrumental way to get like cheap labor for their businesses, but like they're not like this anti-migrant rhetoric, like in an actual kind of like classical liberal way isn't there. Like he's a conservative who's like, repackaging racist and classist policies in in like a nicer way that's consumable for higher class people and richer people in germany more importantly he rebuilt the party in his own image literally yeah this is literally true if you were in germany (laughs) and saw the posters like he the, the party is his image no decision in the fdp was made without his blessing 
That focus became apparent during the German campaign. The FDP's posters, exactly like you said, Ted, featured photographs of Lindner in his daily routine, eating dinner, sitting at home in an undershirt on his iPhone. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) As one does. Or giving interviews. So relatable. While Germany's other parties, whether the left or the Greens, often appeared to be run by committees, the FDP's leadership was clear. Can't now, argue the question with that. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really like that. Is, That's 100% just, true, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, the question is, what direction will Lindner take his party? Even in opposition, he will be a force to be reckoned with, especially when it comes to European reform. He knows that most Germans are instinctively skeptical of further integration and, unlike the Greens, isn't trying to convince them otherwise. At the same time, Lindner accepts that Europe needs to change. And that's the first step. We always have to change. The change might be, it might be worse, but it's going to change. And has said he is encouraged that France elected a pro-EU president. So this is what I mean. Like, he does, like, speak their language, right? Like, he does, like, say the pro Yeah, like, you have to, like, EU pay stuff? lip service to it. Like, he, like I said, there's Eurosceptic elements within the party. He doesn't do that. He'll be like, I'm pro-Europe, and that's why we need to, like, discipline Southern Europe and get them to all, like, cut everybody's pension. Like, but mm. because I want I want to inflict economic misery on other countries because i like europe and we like need it to to be yeah Mm. like fiscally disciplined and so yeah it's not like it's not like out in the open euroscepticism but like what it does is it actually weakens the bonds between european countries and like creates huge instabilities within europe and asymmetries between countries which like is bad for the european union and so like saying you're pro EU but not taking the policies that actually build a more cohesive and equal union, it doesn't mean anything. Right. And it's also like the weird like the weird kind of space that liberals the liberal parties occupy across Europe. Like in the European Parliament they would be part of the, the ALDE. And like you have like uh like Verhofstadt from what, Belgium. Like he's like a very like pro EU kind of person, but like they want like deeper economic integration and like some some elements would want like common EU debt and just like anything to integrate Europe more. And so like yeah, like to say someone's a liberal in Europe, it just like can mean a million different things. It's like it, there's just a huge range of opinions, especially with respect to the European Union. He acknowledged during the coalition talks that a small party, the FDP, can't dictate Europe's path, adding that he could live with the Eurozone's bailout fund if it became, quote, an instrument for more discipline. See, there you go. It's not about, like, helping out countries or, like, you know, even writing off some of their debt so they could get out from under it. It's just, like, trying to make them cut their budgets more and, like, inflict more brutality on particularly Southern Europe countries, which already have insane unemployment and really can't afford this. But like all he does is want to like punish and discipline them more. And that's how he views the European Union is like a set of rules and as an enforcer, not as any kind of transfer union or way to try to actually make economies converge and like, you know, maybe become wealthier like Germany. Like, no, no, just discipline. After a recent meeting with French finance minister Bruno Le Maire, Lindner reported broad agreement on many fronts and a lively discussion on the future of the Eurozone. Here we are, back at discussion. 
We love debate. We love you know, lively. Started debate. debating. I'm still debating. We're always debating. <laughs> We're always discussing. So, will Lindner be an enabler, tacking the thorny opportunities that emerge to champion reform in Germany and Europe? Or will he act as an obstacle, watering down moves to refashion Europe's infrastructure and insisting Germany keep its purse close to its breast? If the recent campaign is any indication, the likely answer is all of the above. Well, that's phenomenal journalism. A great way to end <laughs> is I have no fucking idea what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. so, um, but yeah, like maybe that's not even the wrong conclusion. Like, we'll see. We don't know if he's going to get the finance ministry. It seems likely. And we don't know exactly what that'll mean. Um, if you want to learn more about this, our next uh, main feed episode is with Dominic Loisder, who's like an economist and economic historian. And he talks a lot about, you know, what Linder would mean and what the future of Germany's EU policy would be. So, you know, I won't I won't dwell on that too much for now because we have this other episode coming out that gets into this in, in pretty good detail. But yeah, it's it's not a great sign that that he's probably in there. Um, but you know, you got to respect the hustle. Got to respect Christian. Uh, he's rising. He's grinding. He's uh, he was on that computer at age seven. You know, now he's uh, might be sitting in the finance ministry. So definitely, definitely one to watch. You know, a, a top top political talent. So yeah, <laughs> Politico number one. I mean, I guess they bet on the right horse. Twenty eighteen, and here he is in twenty twenty one. Really the kingmaker of Germany. So good for him. Yep. <laughs> I'm tapped out. I'm Christianed out. Yeah. There's... <laughs> We're keeping this one under an hour. I can't talk about this guy for too long. Like, just click on these. Um, watch the video. Click on the link. Yeah, watch. please watch the video. Please click through the photos. They're just, like, extremely funny. We'll also post the collage we have of him that we did at our live show. Like, oh, yeah. he's a goofy character, but, like, he is pretty grim in terms of what he believes. Um, we didn't even get into the climate issue, but they're, like, blocking any meaningful action on this. Like, it's, they're, they really are, like, a dangerous party, I would say, um, but that, unfortunately, has, like, a very positive brand. Like, rightly, the AFD is, like, shunned from mainstream circles, uh, but... That's not the case of this party. And they are in many ways almost as bad. So, yeah, that's uh, that's Christian, head of the FDP. And that's the end of our first little bonus. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys, for subscribing again. Like we, we really, really appreciate it. It like is is vital for us, like being able to do this and keeping this going. Um, we've got. A huge Excel sheet of like dozens and dozens of topics we want to cover, um, and we want to get to all of those um, and way more. Like we said, if you have any suggestions, just message us on Patreon, and we'll try to do that. Yeah, we appreciate you all. That's it for me. I think that's it for me. Um, yeah, good luck out there, Christian. We'll uh, we'll <laughs> we'll keep you updated on on his his rise. Maybe maybe a dramatic fall again. Who knows? I mean, knowing Christian, he. He can always uh, he can always find a way to lose. It seems like, but he seems to be on a winning streak this time. Oof. Well, anyway, yeah. Thanks again, guys. From now till end. Yeah. <laughs> to end it up. Cheers. Yep. Thanks a lot. Cheers. <laughs>